Again, it's our ninth annual Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear, recommended summer reading list show. It's our pick of what we believe are some of the best books for children this summer. We move on to our young adult category. There we find New York Times bestselling author Joanna Ho. As I mentioned earlier, she actually has two books that made our recommended summer reading list. Her first book, Eyes That Speak to the Stars, made our picture book category. Her new book and her debut young adult novel, The Silence That Binds Us, made our young adult category. It's our pleasure to welcome Joanna Ho to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Joanna. How are you? Um, Thanks for having me. All right, great. Now, let's start with this. Now, let's start with the first book, your debut picture book, Eyes That Kiss in the Corners. It was a New York Times bestseller. Of course, we featured it last year. It was one of the books that we selected for our recommended summer reading list last year. Were you surprised by the success of the book? I was. You know, it took a really long time for the book to sell to a publisher, over a year and a half. And so um, when it sold, I was just so grateful that someone was going to publish it into a book. And truly, like the whole time up until um, it really was released, I was just really praying, like, I just hope one reader who needs this book uh, (laughs) will find it. You know, it's been, I've never seen, when I was growing up, I never saw kids like myself in books. So I just couldn't fathom that um, other people wanted to see like a young Asian girl in a picture book. And so it was really like a really beautiful surprise for me to see one, like how strongly the Asian community came out, but also how strongly so many other people um, came out in support and purchasing and sharing and teaching with um, the book. So, why do you believe so many people connected with the book? I think um, part of it is for the Asian community specifically. It's just been so long. We have so rarely seen ourselves in books that I really, it, for me, it was like this big aha of, wow, like our community is thirsting for books with representation of people like us. But I also think that there is an element of universality in the story where people often whether they look at themselves and they wish they looked different or they see flaws, but really can come to learn like there's so much beauty in each of us. And that goes beyond the surface. It it touches on where that beauty comes from. It's in like our families and our histories and our stories. And I think that that's something that everyone can relate to. Now, what interesting fact about you is that you're actually a high school principal Vice principal, yeah. How do your students feel about the vice principal of the New York Times bestselling author? How do they feel about that? When it happened, we were all on distance learning. Okay. (laughs) And it's not something, you know, I talk about a ton at school. It sort of like got leaked if some of the students were like, what? And so it's been really sweet. Like sometimes students will come and be like, I saw your book at Target, you know. Um, And so I, I was initially really hesitant. To, to let folks know because it feels like two different lives. I didn't want them to like, I didn't want people to feel like I wasn't doing a good job at work because I was so focused on writing. Um, but it's been really beautiful to see how students have been so excited and supportive. Now, let's talk about this. You touched on this, but I want to talk more about inclusion and diversity in children's books. Mm-hmm. Um, explain why that's so important and especially for your community. Tell me about that, if you will. Let's talk more about that. Yeah, I mean, when you see yourselves in books, in movies, it gives you an idea of what's possible. It helps you feel seen, to feel validated, 
to feel empowered. And when you don't, like for me, I didn't see any, like literally none, except for that Tiki Tiki Tembo book about a kid whose name no one could pronounce and he fell in a well. And so it's just some like very stereotypical racist books are all that I saw. And so to the point where I think I really internalized this idea, like I never even questioned the fact that I never saw myself in stories. I didn't even know it was possible because I never saw it. And so now that I see things, like when I see things in movies or in books, it, I have this like really emotional, almost physical reaction of like, whoa, this is what I've been missing my whole life. And so this idea that I can create stories that help allow people to feel seen, to feel valued and empowered, and also to help teach other people about all of these stories that they've been missing, I think is just such an important part of creating change in the world. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to our ninth annual recommended summer reading list show. I'm Rodney Lear on the phone this morning with New York Times bestselling author Joanna Ho. For more information on the show, for more information on all the books that we selected in three categories, picture books, middle school and young adult books, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page and we'll have a complete listing. Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. Now, Joanna, you actually have two books on our recommended summer reading list. Let's talk very briefly about the book that made our list in the picture book category, Eyes That Speak to the Stars. It's the companion book to the book that we talked about earlier, Eyes That Kiss in the Corners. Tell us about the inspiration behind this new book. Sure. Um, Eyes That Kiss in the Corners follows a young girl and her female family members, and Eyes That Speak to the Stars follows a young boy and his male family members. And truthfully, initially when my editor approached me with the idea, I was really hesitant because I don't want to gender books. Like I want boys to read books about girls and girls to read books about boys and people who are non-binary to find representation and for all books to be for all people. But the more I thought about this idea, the more, um, you know, I have a, a son and there are very few books with young Asian boys. And I thought if I have this opportunity to create a story about like the beauty and the power in like Asian males and Asian family members, it's another demographic that is so rarely seen and is so frequently stereotyped I just thought like why would I pass that up and it really gave me the opportunity to explore like microaggressions the boy in the story his his good friend draws a picture of him and his eyes are drawn like two slits on his face and so that's really what I hope is like a conversation starter um, for young people and for all readers but also like through his male family members his grandfather his father his little brother he also comes to recognize um, his own power. So how soon after the first book did you decide to work on the companion book? You talked about your publisher asking you, but um, tell me about that. And was there any pressure because the first book, Eyes That Kiss in the Corners, it was so well-received, so popular. Was there a lot of pressure to, to then you know, put out another book that could equal or surpass that book? Yeah, that's such an interesting question because um, the publishing timeline actually is so long. So Eyes at Kids in the Corners was published last year, 2021, and it was acquired in 2018. And so my editor actually approached me with the idea for this book in, I think, 2020, um, before Eyes at Kids in the Corners was published, before we knew that it was going to become a bestseller. And so there was, it wasn't pressure so much as, hey, here's an opportunity to continue to expand the story. And it was, it's like a really rare, I think, unusual thing. But I'm really grateful, I think, for the foresight and the vision, but also for the opportunity to expand the story and to, to deepen it beyond, hopefully, 
you know, I think the purpose of both stories is really not actually about the physicality and our aesthetic. It's more about like the family and the history and the stories that are carried through families. So obviously we think this is a great book. We chose it for our, we selected it for our recommended summer reading list. But what does it feel like to have both of these books sitting side by side, being out in the universe, being available to young people to read? Oh, it's so surreal. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes I can't believe it. I'll look at them on my bookshelf or I'll see them outside in the bookstores and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wrote that book. <laughs> or my kids, like whenever they see it out at the library in the bookstore, they're like, mommy, that's your book. And um, it never gets old. It's just such an honor to be able to put stories into the world that, you know, end up in the hands of young and older readers. And again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to our ninth annual Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear, recommended summer reading list show. It's our pick of what we believe are some of the best books for children in three categories, picture books, middle school reads, and young adult novels. For a complete list of all the books that we selected this year, visit our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, like and follow us there. You can also reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. On the phone with me now is Joanna Ho. Joanna is the author of two of the books that we selected for our recommended summer reading list. The first we just talked about, Eyes That Speak to the Stars. Her debut young adult novel, The Silence That Binds Us, also made our recommended summer reading list. Joanna, tell us more about this book and tell us about the inspiration behind this book. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it was released two weeks ago, and it's about a young Chinese-American girl who is in high school, and her brother dies by suicide. And in the aftermath of his death, the community uh, accuses Asian people and Asian families of increasing the stress and pressure in their schools, which ultimately blaming her own parents for her brother's death. And so it's really her story of grief and of healing, but also of finding her voice and of speaking up and wrestling with whether she should. Her parents are telling her to stay quiet um, and to lay low. And she just feels really strongly that she needs to really take back the narrative that's been shared about her family. And it was really inspired. You know, I am an educator. I've been always really passionate about anti-racist and equity work. I wanted to write a book about anti-Asian racism and solidarity and history. And um, this was, you know, long before the pandemic, before Stop Asian Hate became a hashtag. And I had experiences, the high school where I went to school experienced two suicide epidemics a few years after I graduated. And that is very much what happened in my community. They tur- People turned against Asian families. Um, they were, it's like lots of things online, people whispering behind closed doors. And then just as I was starting to think about this book, I happened to attend this dinner where somebody stood up and essentially said the same thing. And I was at the table you know, just so aware that my own invisibility in that space made him feel so comfortable to make a a broad statement about basically me to my face. And so all of these things really made me wonder what it would be like and, you know, how it would be like to be a family grieving and then also being accused of these terrible things that also I think was a, a very real jumping point for me to explore other issues and questions that I really wanted to explore. Okay, so how was it for you as a writer to write for young adults as opposed to writing the picture books? What was that like for you? Yeah, you know, I get asked that question a lot because, you know, writing picture books to YA is such a big jump. Because I've always worked in high schools, I feel like teenagers are my sweet spot. 
And so other than, you know, realizing, oh, this is like so much longer (laughs) and it takes so much longer, I really enjoyed writing and being able to like have so many words and to explore the complexities of so many ideas and characters. It certainly was a learning curve and I had to write lots and lots and lots of drafts, but I loved the freedom of something longer. All right. That's great. Now, you mentioned you have children yourself. What did you do in your home to promote literacy to your with your own children? And what advice would you give to parents? Oh, I fill my home. I have stacked. It's uh, not always pretty. I have shelves and then overflowing bookshelves full of books. I'm really intentional about the books I bring into my home. I try to make sure they're inclusive. They tell like a wide range of stories that represent all the people um, in the world. I want them to be able to read not only see themselves, but see others very widely. Um, I, we read together every night. You know, we try to do like a quiet reading time after school where everyone's reading or I'm trying to teach them to read. Reading together is such a special time for our family. It's probably my favorite time um, of the day. And so my kids, I think, have learned, too, that that's a special time. And so that's something as they start, you know, my, my son is seven and my daughter is five. We go to bookstores, we go to libraries, and so books are just a constant part of our lives. All right, and with that, we're out of time this morning, Joanna. If our listeners would like to find out more about you, more about both of the books that are featured this morning in our ninth annual Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear recommended summer reading list, Eyes That Speak to the Stars, and The Silence That Binds Us, how can they find out more? Sure. My website is joannahowrights.com. And then I'm on social media on Instagram the most, Twitter a little bit. I just started a TikTok account but um, and on Facebook. And it's all jo- at Joanna Ho Wright. Thank you so much, Joanna. Honored to speak to you. Thanks for taking time to talk to us. Thank you for having me. We've been speaking to multi-award winning author Joanna Ho. Again, the title of the book is The Silence That Binds Us. Well, that's it for our ninth annual Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear recommended summer reading list. For a complete list of all the books that we selected this morning, reach out to us on social media, like, follow, and share at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Rodney Lear on Air. If you missed any of the interviews with our Newberry and award-winning authors, all you have to do is go to your favorite podcast app, anywhere you get your podcasts, like Podcast One, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts, and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear, and you'll find them there. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week, be encouraged. Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com.